Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. After having been floating through the cosmos for ages, a banished Bruce Banner finally found land to rest on many galaxies away from Earth. The planet was hospitable enough, and Bruce was content to live out his days simply from there on out. It is then that everything shifted and started turning dark, and the keeper of a dark crystal turned his peaceful planet into a misshapen, twisted dimension. From there, out of the sky, the one called Sailor Moon lands and quickly dispatches the evil force with a flick of her tiara. Bruce, however, transforms into the Hulk with only fury on his mind. It's Bruce versus Usagi. It's the Green Goliath versus Princess Serenity. It's the Hulk versus Sailor Moon rematch today on Who Would Win? 
And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Legion of Audience, we are bringing you another first for the Who Would Win show. Never before in the history of the show have we ever done a rematch of one of our previously epic battles, but all that is about to change today. In one corner, you have the Hulk, Marvel's ultimate rage machine, versus one of anime's most loved superpowered characters, Sailor Moon. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And outside of the Who Would Win show doing this episode years ago and being mentioned on social media, the web, etc., no one has seemingly dared to question our outcome for that battle, which is interesting until today, that is, when we do the rematch. Ray, I got to find out, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I, I'm always intrigued to revisit matchups. You know, we don't do that a ton on this show. Obviously, we've done Muppets versus Sesame Street, I think, 79 times on this show. But besides that, we really don't come back to specific matchups done again. I, and I'll say right now for the people at home, I don't think the correct decision was made the first time we did this around. We did it on a live show, and our esteemed judge, Marshall Givens, I think, hideously dropped the ball in his deciphering of what we said and came to the wrong decision. So when it came time to do a battle for season five, we like to try things different. Season five, season four, we don't do the same thing all the time, so our audience you know, feels repetition. We're going to bring back a matchup, and we're going to fight it similar but differently this time around and treat it like a round two. You know, the Muppets versus Sesame Street was a rematch, but we switched sides. We did right? switch sides. And again, just like the Marshall Givens episode of the previous one of uh, Hulk versus uh, Sailor Moon, also in those two episodes, wrong decision was made. So we're all on the same page with Race to Canis. Now, we've got to pull back the curtain a little bit and provide some details on how this match came to be. The Hoodwin production team, as Ray already said, they're trying to push the limits. They're trying to come up with new stuff, new you know twists on things we've already done. So they said, what if we did a rematch of Sailor Moon versus the Hulk? And and I said, okay, that's cool, but I got to find out, and this was asked before, I also asked on social media, do they remember their first matchup in the Who Would Win show, or is this another random encounter? Now, Ray Stacanus, you've got the name of someone. You said someone on social media asked the same question, correct? They did. John Shanks. I went ahead and re-looked it up right before the battle because it wasn't fresh in any of our minds. And John Shanks asked this question, and it's a great question that we should answer before the battle starts. So here's the deal. There's a lot of different ways to look at this, but you know, there's there's a big reason which I'll reveal later which is what to why I think it should go this way. My vote, Ray, I'm hoping we're on the same page with this. My vote is for them to remember the previous battle and the previous experience they got from the first episode, their first encounter. What do you think about that? I think that's a I think that's a wonderful idea. I think it's something different. We don't usually do that on the show uh, because usually it's a random encounter, no prior knowledge. This time, I think, given that this is round two, I think they would be able to pull from their experiences fighting the other the first time around, for sure. The other reason why this excites me is because that means these two characters have previous experience in this kind of neutral territory. Ray, I think with this battle, we have officially created the Who Would Win-verse. Yes, we, we are creating it's official. the WWWCU, uh, because obviously they're going to make movies out of this someday. I, I believe it's only natural. Uh, listen, when you have something as momentous as this occasion, Huge. a rematch between two Titanic, you know, opponents in in the creation, the final creation of the Who Would Win verse, you got to bring in an amazing judge, which we did for today's battle. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show is Prince Lotor from Voltron, the legendary defender on Not Netflix. That. It's Han Solo from Lego Star Wars. 
It's the one, it's the only, it's AJ Locasio. AJ, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hey, it's been a while. Thank you for having me back. I'm glad I could be here for such a strange matchup. I, when you guys told me what it was, I was like, well, I wouldn't have put them together. But uh, I, I, <laughs> I didn't know you guys did Muppets versus Sesame Street. I, I Like one-on-one or the entire, like a gang war? Gang war. Wow. AJ, it was a gang war, and it's almost like you need to hear it again. Maybe we should do that episode one more time. No, James, what say no, you, I think Legion we're good. of Audience? I think we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> I don't know. I think people want to hear it. Now, AJ, before we talk to you about this matchup, uh, tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, what you've been up to. I just finished. Well, I didn't finish it. God of War just came out. I was Skeldor, a character in that, and I did a bunch of other behind-the-scenes stuff doing mocap for various characters and stuff, so I did that for a long time. God, I don't even remember what I could talk about. Gremlins is coming out uh, eventually one day. The new Gremlins series. I'm Gizmo in that, which is insane and a huge honor. And, and we're super excited. My brain is completely locked up. There's other stuff. Crude's show is currently on Hulu. There's a new Crude series that I, I play Thunk in, which I've been playing for like a decade, which is bizarre to me. I've been playing this character that, you know, that keeps popping up. And wow. um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's other things that might. I just cannot. I always I should write these things down before I do something like this, and I <laughs> I just don't. Um, but yeah, uh, the random stuff, and hopefully more stuff will be announced soon. Yeah, but a lot of random random things. You know, AJ, I find uh, the people that are the busiest have sometimes the hardest time to recall absolutely mm-hmm. everything they're doing. <laughs> well, there's so also that's actually fear. I think a great sign. I, I hope so. Yeah, there's the uh, fear too of fair. like you think of all the NDAs and things where it's like, can I talk about this yet? I don't. Is this? Am, yeah. So. It's it's everything gets jumbled and it's hard to remember what's been because you don't want to be that person that announces something before it, you know, so. So I think this is an appropriate time. I mean, we uh, since you have this uh, non-disclosure with us, AJ, AJ is going to be playing James Gavsey in the WWWCU coming soon. Yep. This is an exclusive right here. You're hearing it here for the first time. The, would it be the versus <laughs> I mean, verse? What would you guys call better, your... By the way, oh, this is. Yeah, it's like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Perfect casting. He's a little too good looking for the part, but that's that's okay. I'll let that slide. Now, AJ, more importantly, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, you're, you're very familiar with just geek battles. There's a lot of different places that do them. Not as good as or as well as the Who Would Win show, mind you. But what are your thoughts? If you're going to do a rematch, do you, do you agree with Ray and I? Should they remember their previous experience in battle and learn from it and come back better for it? Or should it again be, you know, should there always be a random encounter uh, regardless of previous experience? I mean... I guess since it's your it's your universe, they should remember each other and remember this battle. And and for me, who doesn't, I haven't heard that episode. So hearing how that's incorporated into your arguments, that'll be really interesting because it adds a whole other layer of like, you know, if it was a, a rematch with someone like Batman, you know what I mean? Like Batman's going to remember everything that happened. Bruce Banner's a smart guy. And uh, I really don't know anything about Sailor Moon. So I'm completely... Like, that's a completely clean slate for me. And even the Hulk, I know what I know from the Marvel movies. So, and I, I know the Hulk himself is not the most intellectual, depending on the iteration. I'm assuming, assuming you guys aren't doing Smart Hulk. So it'll, I don't know. I'm you very curious. Know. Yeah, very well, curious. We to see. We're not using Smart James, so we're probably not going to have Smart Hulk. <laughs> I prefer. But we are using uh, dressed up Sailor Moon Race to Canis. So we do have, you know, some good stuff. Oh, going. I'm dressed like Sailor uh, Moon right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. From the waist down, we'll, yeah. The tiny, just the tiniest skirt. Uh, well, I'm wearing this hoodie over the top of it, but just use your imagination. <laughs> Perfect. Or don't. Beautiful. Or don't. Whatever's you don't healthier. Have, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's all good. Listen, you know, all, all joking aside, I think you're the perfect judge for this because if someone, as someone who's been like these really important characters in so many different universes, you get the magnitude of what we're trying to accomplish here, and that is crucial for a judge. So, with all that being said, it's about that time. Let's get this show started. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the gamma irradiated hero who must be a huge fan of recycling since he was the first one to go green, the Incredible Hulk. And representing anime, the moon princess who thinks hamburgers made from asteroids taste better, well, it's probably because they're a little meatier, Sailor Moon. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. All right, well done, Ray. Wow. <laughs> well done, wow. Ray. I'm going to need a break. AJ, feel free to render your decision now <laughs> yeah, if you want you to. Both, uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. Thank you for that. Yeah. It was, <laughs> okay. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a who would win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location, this time with prior knowledge of the opponent and possibly time to prepare for the fight. This is really interesting. It's uncharted territory. Let's see how it goes. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of Sailor Moon are you using for today's battle? You know, I think that since, uh, I'll say it right now, I'll spoil it. Sailor Moon uh, lost the first episode to the Hulk and I was using the anime version of Sailor Moon there. Uh, coming back with the manga, slightly more powerful version, I think I might have taken Hulk a little too lightly last time. So I'm bringing the heat right here. And I would argue, James, that they have prior knowledge of each other, but definitely no time to prepare. I think they fought once. Suddenly they're in a place. They fight a second time. I think once you start, you get into too much theory crafting when you start offering a lot of time to prepare, because then it's about what the arguer imagines they can do as opposed to proving what they could actually do. In a rare moment, I'm actually going to have to agree with you on that one. I think that makes more sense. They, they, they do remember the previous fight, so they can pull upon that experience, but they definitely don't have time in a random encounter to prepare for it. I would right, think so. We're on the same page for that. Now, in terms of the character I'm using, there's so many different versions of the Hulk. Uh, Ray, you switched yours, and I'm not. I'm sticking with the same version of the character I used before of the Hulk. That's the Hulk from the current Marvel 616 comic book universe. Just so much more to pull from. It's been a little while. Some cool new feats have happened. All right. Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating the opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com now to get your hands on some fantastic Who Would Win merch. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. 
Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Your pet's a member of the family. Don't feed them like they're in the doghouse. Give them Nom Nom. Nom Nom's nutrient-packed recipes are meticulously crafted by their board-certified veterinary nutritionists with quality, flavor, and texture in mind. NomNomNow.com is where you want to go to learn more. During COVID, my family adopted a big, huge, lovable dog we named Apollo. And Apollo was the greatest thing for our family during that time. Whenever the kids had to do another remote learning class through Zoom, Apollo would stay with them and cheer them up for the entire day. And just like you, my dog is a member of the family. And that's why I love treating him with his own special meal plan from Nom Nom, which is the best dog food ever. And what's even better is that Apollo loves the taste of Nom Nom. He's never been happier. He's never had more energy. And according to the vet, he's never been healthier. And a healthy and happy dog means I've got a happy family. Go right now for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trynom.com slash www. Spelled trynom.com slash www for 50% off. Trynom.com slash www. And now let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is the reincarnated form of the princess of the Moon Kingdom in the body of a teenage girl named Usagi Tsukino. She first appeared in the manga Sailor Moon, Chapter 1, slash Usagi Sailor Moon in 1991 and was created by Naoko Takeuchi. Usagi was a normal girl living in Tokyo when she met a magical talking cat named Luna. Great name. Here. She gains her quest to battle evil and protect the silver crystal. She uses her magical brooch to transform into the legendary hero Sailor Moon and typically makes short work of whatever villain of the week she faces soon after. Fun fact, Sailor Moon is all about love, friendship, and facing your destiny. So it comes as no surprise that off-screen, Sailor Moon creator Naoko Takuchi herself found the love of her life in... Hunter x Hunter writer Yoshihiro Tagashi. They were married back in 1999, but if Sailor Moon taught me anything, it's that love is eternal. And that is Sailor Moon. Very interesting. Now, here are the details for the Hulk. 
The Hulk himself, a.k.a. Bruce Banner, was created by the iconic duo of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and first appeared in Marvel's Incredible Hulk number 1, published in May 1962. Following his accidental exposure to gamma rays while saving the life of Rick Jones during the detonation of an experimental gamma bomb, Bruce Banner is physically transformed into the Hulk when subjected to emotional stress at or against his will, often leading to destructive rampages and conflicts that complicate Banner's civilian life. The Hulk is both the well-known green-skinned, hulking, and muscular, human-looking dude possessing insane super strength and power, as well as his alter ego, Dr. Robert Bruce Banner, a physically weak, socially withdrawn, and emotionally reserved physicist, with the two existing as independent personalities that often resent each other, and while at other times working together, and it did even other times merging into different versions of the Hulk. And here's an interesting fact about the Hulk. Did you know that very often the Hulk's Bruce Banner-sized pants that get shredded when he transforms into the Hulk sometimes have a hidden compartment? It's true. It's a fact that Bruce Banner, Bruce Banner often wakes up from his transformations in lots of different places. And his experience when transforming back into Banner and not having anything on him has taught him a very valuable lesson. As a result, he has an emergency kit soon into a super durable pocket he created and placed strategically in his pants. This pocket has matches, a credit card, and a needle and thread inside. So when he transforms, he can get help, buy some food and clothes, and then somehow sew the kit back into his pants for next time. And evidently, nothing gets wrecked. His credit cards are fine. Matches aren't destroyed when he turns into the Hulk with his magical pocket. I have no idea how that works. It just does. And now you have the facts on both opponents. AJ, do you have any questions before we get started? Yeah, I didn't realize Bruce Banner saved the life of Rick James. That's uh... a... <laughs> it's a big feat. Big, big feat. feat. Save Rick James. Uh, or what did you say? Rick Jones? I mean, it, it could be both. It could be both. Now, now in my head, no, I'm, not, a, sure. A what if I'm issue. not sure which one you said. There's a what if issue of Marvel Comics where it says, "What if the Hulk transformed into or say, you know, transformed into Rick James and not Rick Jones, something along those lines." So you're not far off. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. The, also, the pocket thing really that was the the least believable thing about the Hulk is that he has these secret <laughs> pants uh, yeah. with the pocket. You know. Wow. Yeah. No. I I I'm very curious to hear what the stakes are or what the abilities are of both because again i know a little bit about the hulk is it sailor moon that she's sailor moon not sailor jupiter or sailor which that is correct that's okay. the rest of the uh the 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 star guardians or okay whatever i just want to make sure because i i you know i'm not 100 percent certain yeah very curious to hear what kind of powers and, and knowledge you know who's gonna art, outsmart who because i know again bruce banner super smart but when he's the hulk gets a little soft so, so much. Very curious to hear their intellectual. Now that we have the the idea that they have met before, so much of their intellect comes into that, and that's going to be interesting to hear how they how they use that. And I also totally agree that they shouldn't have any time to prepare because otherwise you have the Hulk comes in with a gun or something, you know, like he's like, right, oh, right, right. or uh, you know, or or well, gamma rays for uh, I don't know. So yeah, very curious. Very cool. All right. This is the official first ever Who Would Win rematch. Let's get this party started. Ray, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Sailor Moon. I'm going to start at a base level and I'm going to ramp this up as we go because that's how I do these fights. We're going to talk about the pure power of base form Sailor Moon from her earlier part of her career because she starts, she starts at a power level much higher than the Incredible Hulk at her purest, most simple form once she's so powerful that she accidentally leapt off the earth and into orbit by mistake <laughs> let's just start there as a baseline look i know the hulk has a very strong leaping ability i'm not sure i maybe in the comics he's leapt from the earth into space before but did he do it his first like weekend as the hulk i don't think he did so she was able to leap into orbit at any time 
And that includes potentially, you know, taking the Hulk with her into orbit and then sending him away into space if she wanted to. Seems like a pretty simple way to get a win right out the gate. She's also able to create force fields around herself. Now, she once created a force field that was so powerful in an early form that she was able to withstand an attack from a silver crystal. Later on, I'm going to tell you how powerful a silver crystal actually is. Understand that it's cosmic level powerful. And at her base form, she was able to create a force field to uh, block an attack from it. If she can block an attack from a cosmic crystal, she can block an attack from a green fist coming at her at any time. She also, at her base form, uh, is able to teleport herself away when she was dealing with a reality warper, not the Hulk. She was dealing with a character who warped and twisted reality around them. Think like a Bugs Bunny type of character. And she said, I'm going to back off from this for a moment. I'm going to teleport myself away, come up with a plan, and then come back right away. And I'm going to take this person down. So anytime the Hulk might feel like he's getting her into a precarious position, she can teleport herself just slightly further away. And the Hulk has to close that distance because she has long range attacks and the Hulk really doesn't. The ability to teleport here is going to be huge. She also has weapons. Her Moon Tiara Boomerang is her sort of big first weapon that she has. She's used that to one, bind enemies. It kind of wraps around an enemy and then holds them in place. Powerful enemies who were not able to get out, but also straight up just tear enemies right in half by throwing it at them. It's a one-shot kill many, many times in both the anime as well as the manga that I'm referring to. She also has the ability to do a Moonlight Reflect attack, which is called Moon Twilight Flash. She's able to take the power of a Moonbeam, reflect it back at her enemy, which is like an energy-based attack. It's important to know that when I explain some stuff later. She also can create a new tiara from absolutely nothing. If the Hulk t grabs the tiara somehow and smashes it, she can just whip out another one and keep going with that attack. That's not going to be an issue. She can never be disarmed like that. She also has access to something called the Moon Rod, which is, this is an important thing. She was able to use it on a brainwashed crowd who were acting, you know, not in their normal ways and was able to purify the spirits among them and basically turn them back into a reasonable group of people from being an angry mob. Boy, I can think of a character when facing against that ability might come in pretty handy. Alternately, she could also use it to vaporize people to cosmic dust which she has also done with it. Wow. She's very fine in space. She's proven time and time again she can be in the vacuum of space with no ill effects whatsoever. And she was a weepy character. She really works with her emotions. The Hulk does as well, I know. But she deals with kind of love, sadness, and she feels very strong versions of it, which lead to her power base. She was once about to start ultrasonic crying in an alternate dimension and she was immediately told, you have to stop and get control of yourself. Your crying would be so powerful, it would destroy and shatter this entire dimension and everyone in it. Then you won't be able to save the people you're here to save. She had to get her poop together and then go and win the fight a different way. This is an elite character. This is a character just not on the sphere of these physical beings like the Hulk. And that's my point number one. Wow. So like, here's the deal. Sailor Moon is an awesome character, super powerful. She's, let's just put it, she's absolutely fantastic. But there are some interesting things about the Hulk as well. Now, first of all, can he jump into orbit? Yeah, he can do that, and he can do that super fast. Um, you know, when you say baseline power Hulk, which I'll get into, we're talking probably like the Hulk from the past 
10 to 15 years, you know, something that where he's, that baseline's existed. Now, in terms of jump, you know, going to space with the Hulk and leaving him there, Thor has tried that many times. A whole bunch of other characters who can, who are super powerful have tried that. It has never, never worked. Just flying the Hulk up into space, leaving there and coming back down, it's never worked. Hulk is, you know, grabs back onto him, jumps off something, whatever it is, he knows how to get back to Earth super, super fast. Good idea, just hasn't worked so far. When Sailor Moon teleports and she teleports away to make a plan, remember, the Hoodwin rules, you got to be safe for two minutes. If you're not attacked for two minutes, you've pretty much won the fight. When she teleports away, makes her plan slightly longer than two minutes, just putting that out there. And finally, you know, two last points. Hulk is tanked, an amped up, powered, you know, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, getting hit with that. So that's insanely powerful. Just keep that in mind. And finally, 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 Hulk can't really be mind controlled. He can't be shut down that way. Professor X has tried. That's that super powerful telepath from the X-Men. His mind is so erratic and so rageful, ferocious, whatever it is. Telepaths can't mind control the Hulk because it actually hurts them to go into his head. So we're talking about the most powerful telepath in the Marvel Universe. He can't do it. Pretty sure Sailor Moon wouldn't be able to do it either. All right, now let me get to my point number one. For my point number one, let's just put the Hulk's power into perspective. Baseline Hulk, same thing with Sailor Moon. I love this. So we all know the Hulk is powerful, but it's important to find, you know, just how powerful he is and even what powerful exactly means when talking about the Hulk. So he's got super strength. Instead of giving you like how many tons he can lift, let me just put it this way. We've said this before, but the Hulk strength and overall power has been calculated as incalculable. Some of the greatest minds, evidently, in the Marvel Universe couldn't figure out his upper limits and only stated the best way to describe the Hulk's strength and power is that it's it's infinite. Um, to put this in perspective, you know, shifting tectonic plates or physically destroying a planet would not be a problem for the Hulk if he wanted to do it. He's just got infinite, infinite power. Uh, he can jump over a thousand miles at a time, propel himself into orbit, as we already talked about. He's also super durable. This is really cool. Now, how durable, you may ask, you know, take an earthquake, destruction of a planet that he's on. None of that compares to the fact you know, I brought this up in the first battle, and there's just nothing better than this to show how durable he is. Namely that the Hulk was able to fight his way through having all of reality thrown at him. Somehow, this super powerful character had the power to shift, warp, and somehow weaponize all of reality, and he decides he wants to destroy the Hulk. So what does he do? What's the Hulk do? He gets hit with reality, and he tanks all of it, all of reality, and just starts walking towards this character. Just let that sink in for a second. The Hulk is not only tanking all of reality, but is somehow walking through it, no problem at all. Chunks of what I guess are reality. You're flying into the Hulk, whatever. And eventually the Hulk makes it towards, you know, the villain just tanks more of it and just KOs the person. Not a problem at all. That's insanely durable. Uh, he's got a healing factor that, in my opinion, is way better than Wolverine. So, for example, when over 90% of the Hulk's whole body was burnt away from an energy blast fired by a character called Vector, like one of the most powerful energy blasting type of characters in Marvel, it only took three seconds for the Hulk to regenerate back to normal everything. And by the way, he didn't even hit the ground. He was a walking kind of clumpy skeleton with some flesh. He was still there and just regenerated three seconds later. Keep in mind that even somehow the Hulk's body is separated from, you know, parts of it. You know, his, his head is separated from his body. He's still alive. His head can still command his body to come towards him. In fact, if a body part comes off, he can operate each of his body parts independently and have them come back and they heal or just have them kind of work on their own. I don't get how this works. I don't know why the Hulk can do it. it he just can. By the way, that means he's got a healing factor that's better than Wolverine's because you take Wolverine's head off in Marvel Universe, he dies. That's a thing. All right. Now, speaking of all of this kind of stuff, he's got super speed. Bruce Banner uh, realized that the Hulk is able to run at eye-blurring speeds and swim fast enough to build propulsion somehow. Uh, he swam so fast that he matched Namor in the water when Namor was trying to go as fast as he could. Again, don't know how that works. He just can do it. He's so fast. He's able to touch the Silver Surfer 
while the surfer was moving at supersonic speeds. Now, keep in mind, the Silver Surfer can travel at 500,000 light years you know, per second, whatever that measurement is. The Hulk, he was not going that fast. I'm going to put that out there. But when he was going supersonic speeds, Mach, whatever, the Hulk could actually touch him, reach out and grab him, whatever it was. That's fast. I mentioned he's got telepathic resistance. Uh, in many instances, the Hulk has demonstrated that he's got that psychic resistance as a side effect of his rage. He can automatically adapt to any environment, put him in space, underwater, somewhere else with no oxygen or atmosphere, and he's absolutely fine. He'll adapt and thrive into it. He's got super endurance where he can fight nonstop for years, for years. Years. This is going to be a big factor in this fight. Look, to say the Hulk is one of those powerful characters of all time is really just an understatement. Wait till my points number two and three and you'll see why. But all of that is my point number one. Interesting wow. stuff. And I, I think you're making some good points right here, except you talked about, you know, he's never been launched into space before. It's never worked, except that it's the entire plot of the World War Hulk series in that he was in space and then they used like a, a, a ship and they jettisoned him off. He didn't come back to fight anybody, so I'm not sure what you're talking about there. Also, he was tricked into going into space because he's not the smartest character when he is the Hulk, and I think Sailor Moon is savvy enough that she could potentially trick him. And you talked about, you know, uh, the Professor X not really being able to bring him back. Well, that's, that's kind of physical. That's kind of existing in the physical, psychic realm. I'm talking about a magical version of Calming, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. It also sounds from what you're saying like the Hulk sure takes a lot of damage if he can be reduced to a skeleton. I don't remember Sailor Moon ever being reduced to a skeleton, so maybe maybe she's just harder to hit than the Hulk or something. I'm really not sure what your point is there. And let's talk really quick about some of the characters because you mentioned Wolverine. He's tougher than Wolverine, except that Wolverine killed him once because Hulk tried to eat him and Wolverine carved him up from the inside. Other characters that have defeated the Hulk in storylines, the Punisher put a gun to his head and killed him. Deadpool killed him in a comic book. And lest we forget Hawkeye, the guy with the arrows once shot Bruce Banner because he thought he was about to turn into the Hulk and he murdered him low, low, low level characters. Well, Deadpool Wolverine are pretty good, but Punisher and Hawkeye are street level non-powered characters who have murdered the Hulk. Sailor Moon does not have a problem. Are you referring to like the Punisher kills the, the Marvel universe? It's a wonderful comic. I suggest Logan, everybody, which are part of everybody read. It's a part of the 616. Got it. Yeah. None uh, of those are actually in the Marvel 616 current universe, but that's fine. It's the comic Listen, book so version, AJ, James. you've heard a point. Comic book version. Not in the same continuity. Mar AJ, yes. you've heard one point from Ray. You've heard one point from me. Where's your head at with this battle so far? It's so tough because he's such a, I mean, I know Hulk is like an impenetrable meat shield that can just absorb anything, but Sailor Moon's dealing with things and powers that, you know, because it's cosmic and not Earth-based, that adds a whole other dimension. And I mean, it's someone who's extremely familiar Literally. with X-Men and how all that stuff works. It's like, all right, psychic versus magic. And I know there's magic in X-Men, but it's a different kind of, you know, I'm curious. My big question is for Sailor Moon. Well, two questions, one for Hulk, one for Sailor Moon. How physically durable is she? Like if Hulk grabs her, can he just squeeze her like a grape? Like what, how, what kind of physical defense does she have? Or I mean, if there's something you're going to... Yeah, I I've seen her take, you know, she has the capability of taking some severely punishing shots and coming away without too much of a problem. She is able to conjure force fields, which will help her. Um, but usually she gets herself involved in a magical type battles with physical attacks that are based in magic. So like comets being you know hit by and stuff like that. And she's able to walk away from that stuff pretty much across the board. 
Okay, so like the many whole... of these manga escalating characters, <laughs> right. you know, think think of it like Goku, and right. she would mop the floor with Goku for the record. All right, and for Hulk, what level uh, of intelligence? Oh, wait, no, go ahead, James. Were you? <laughs> Nobody thinks that she wouldn't no, be no, Goku. No, go ahead. James. No, I just, it's fine. When Ray, Ray sometimes, you know, likes to, uh, you know, fabricate uh, certain things Nothing without any proof, there. as evidenced by that last statement. But please continue, our good judge, AJ. <laughs> the Chewbacca defense of the, the the South Park Chewbacca. Anyway. What is his level of intelligence when he's, because this is something that I have a vague understanding of, and you kind of addressed it in your argument, but like, where is he at mentally when he's at peak Hulk? When he's at that peak rage, is he just blind? Is he like a, he's just a locomotive? Or can he be reasoned with, does he have critical thinking? How is he able to assess other than just move, move, move towards whatever his target is? Great question, which I will answer in my points okay. number two and <laughs> That's three. That's what I assumed some of these would be. All right. Uh, I'm very curious to hear what how this pans out because I would never think to put these two together. You know, you, you always think of like Wolverine versus Hulk or Deadpool or like you were saying or Batman versus Superman. And so Sailor Moon it, and it's like science and magic or they're so different. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued. If only one of the characters kind of delved into both in some part, some way. I don't know. <laughs> that would be a good thing. We'll see if that happens. Race of Canes, he came out swinging really hard with point number one. Well done. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Sailor Moon. I've just been talking about the baseline version, the lowest level version of Sailor Moon. Let's talk about a couple of her powered up versions that she's had. First off, let's talk about her Super Saiyan form. Excuse me. Super Sailor Moon form, which basically is if you know Dragon Ball Z is the equivalent of going Super Saiyan and exponentially increasing your power level sort of overnight. Now she has access to a weapon called the Moon Kaleidoscope right here. Now the Moon Kaleidoscope can do all kinds of great things. One, it can trap any person she wants to in a kaleidoscope dimension, which basically means it's kind of a dimension with other dimensions around it. You don't just have to get out of one dimension. You got to get through a whole pantheon of, the, of them to get out. And in a who would win battle in two minutes, if you can't answer the bell after being trapped in an alternate dimension, you lose the match. And she can trap somebody in a dimension uh, alongside other dimensions. She can also use this power to free them from that same dimension anytime that she wants because she has basically control over that entire dimension. That's the power that she wields. She could also use it to grant wishes and transform people. She can use the magical power of the moon kaleidoscope to transform people. And against certain characters, being able to transform them from one form into another probably would be a big deal. Just saying. Another version of Sailor Moon that she brings to the table is the Eternal Sailor Moon, which is an even more powerful version because that's how these manga work. They just keep getting more and more powerful until the world ends and then the universe ends and then all of time ends and then they bring it all back and start at the beginning again. That's how it works. Now, she has a wand here called the Eternal Tiare. And what that allows her to do <laughs> is attack an opponent across dimensions. In other words, she can open a dimensional portal, put the person in a dimension, and then attack them from her own dimension if she so wills it. I don't see the Hulk being able to come back from that in any way, shape, or form. She once destroyed a character named Queen Nahelenia and her entire dark dimension at the same time. This is a character who, again, these reality warpers, she's fighting them all the time. These characters create their own dark dimensions 
which are essentially the size of, you know, planets. And on top of it, these planets are so large, they start amassing their own constellations around them. And she's able to, Sailor Moon is able to just walk in, take out the power source, destroy the entire dimension and get home for a, for a, a you know, a pot sticker. You know, that's exactly <laughs> who Sailor Moon is. And you talked about the speed uh, of the Hulk. Look, Sailor Moon can fly faster than light across galaxies. So she can go from galaxy to galaxy to galaxy faster than the speed of light. She also can attack and move and think at extremely faster than light levels as well. I know the Hulk is strong. I know you said the Hulk, you know, somehow was able to grab the Silver Surfer. He must have not known the Hulk was there or something. Because that sounds insane that a character who can move faster than light could get grabbed by the Incredible Hulk. That does not add up in my head in any way. Of course, you said he was going hypersonic. That's not faster than light, is it, James? No. No, it is not. So she's going to move too fast for the Hulk. She's going to create the distance between them. And she obviously has the dimensional tricks up her sleeve. Quite honestly, this Hulk is way overmatched. And that's my point number two. I got a question before. Again, can I, I ask a question? Absolutely. Does go she ahead. have access to all those forms like like Aang in the Avatar state? Can she just be like, I'm just going to go into my super sail? Can she just do that at the drop of a hat every this time? This is a character who, just like all these other characters, she could power up as it goes, you know? Okay. And, you know, if, she, if she's got powers, she doesn't seem to lose those powers as we go along. She just gets bigger and better ones as she goes, as she needs them. But she can just click into those whenever she wants. Yeah, absolutely, because she can create these weapons from nothing, like the tiara. All right. Okay, James, sorry. <laughs> that was the thing I was no, like. No, good they question. Just... No, that's great. No, there's certain characters that can absolutely do that, and you know, the Hulk used to take time to amp up as well. The Luckily, again, in the past 15 years, the Hulk, because of different iterations, can also immediately tap into things as an intellectual or like a feeling like I, I know how I want to feel. Therefore I can get to there like right away. So kind of a similar power up kind of stage, which makes these characters match up. Well, now to Ray, you know, a couple of things, first of all, Hulk, I'm going to reveal this and this is kind of cool. Hulk actually can travel through dimensions. I'm going to reveal a lot more about that later. So dimensional, you know, battlefield removal or hitting from another, that's not going to be anything the Hulk can't deal with and deal with very easily. Let's see. There's a character named the beyonder. And this is from the very first Secret War, uh, before it was Secret Wars, it was Secret War. And the Marvel, uh, Beyonder, in short, is like one of the Marvel's strongest characters. It's the living embodiment of a sentient universe into a, a, a human S type of body. He can warp reality, play with time, alter matter, all of that kind of good stuff that Ray just talked about. And the Beyonder couldn't defeat the Hulk. Again, I'll talk more about that a little bit later. And finally, you know, a dark dimension, that's something the Hulk's actually associated with. The dark dimension, Ray, you mentioned it was a planet, then had a celestial. That's cool. That's tiny compared to the dark dimension that I'll be re referring to in uh, my points number two and three, especially point number three. I just want AJ to keep that in mind so, so that you don't compare the same things. They're not apple for apple or apples for apples in this kind of comparison. But with that Got being it. said, let me get to my point number two. And my point number two, let's talk about who the Hulk has beaten, because that way you can kind of get an understanding of the power levels he's faced successfully. And some weaknesses of Sailor Moon. Look, if you've had decades of experience like the Hulk has, you know, he's been around since the 60s, you're going to have some impressive wins. And a lot of these wins are, especially in the last 10 years, are against beings of absolutely insane power levels. Listen, you take 
the Hulk from the 60s where he's lifting 5 to 10 tons, and now his strength level is literally incalculable, infinity, and beyond. These characters in the last 15 years have followed suit and have just increased and evolved in power. So let's kind of start small and work our way up. He beat the Thing, you know, from the Fantastic Four, the Rock kind of guy. And, of course, the Thing is a great fighter and all that. And the Hulk's beaten him so many times, it's ridiculous. He's actually beaten Thor uh, quite a few times. He's actually beaten Thor using tactics. I'm talking about, you know, the Savage Hulk. And he actually caught Thor by surprise and actually pummeled him, beat him. He actually one-punch KO'd Thor at one point, one point two. That's a very rare feat in the Marvel Universe. He beat the Abomination. That's, you know, the other kind of big, scaly green creature who was kind of like the main foe for the Hulk for many years. He's got very similar strength to the Hulk, but the Hulk kind of beats him. There's a character named Zax. That's with three Zs. And Zax is a huge, powerful being of energy, destructive energy. And the Hulk, as a physical force, has beaten that creature quite a few times as well. He defeated the Super Scroll. Has a, that's a Super Scroll. is an alien from the Scroll race. Has the combined powers of the Fantastic Four. Uh, he defeated and amped up Doctor Strange. Speaking of magic, that's Doctor Strange with all of his knowledge amped up using another artifact. Super powerful. And the Hulk actually defeated Doctor Strange. He beat the Juggernaut a whole bunch of times, the Red Hulk a whole bunch of times. And he beat the Red Hulk by using his experience with his powers uh, and control of his powers in a way the Red Hulk didn't have, which is ridiculous because the Red Hulk is, you know, a, a military person turned into, the, into a Red Hulk. Crazy. He beat the Sentry. Now, the Hulk won by exploiting Sentry's psychological weaknesses and also by absorbing the power that the Sentry put out in battle. Remember, Sentry is kind of like beyond the Superman of Marvel Comics and is considered one of the most powerful beings there. His, his expression is he's powered, he's got the power of 10 billion exploding suns, something ridiculous, and the Hulk beat him. He beat the, ma the Maestro, and the Maestro is a future version of the Hulk. You know, he's bald with a big white beard, and he's just as powerful as the Hulk, but he's a super genius. The Hulk somehow beat him, a future version of himself. Just think about that for a second. Now, this is interesting. He defeated a character named Onslaught. And Onslaught was created from the psychic energy in India, Professor X and Magneto. The Marvel, you know, people on Earth characters couldn't do anything. The Hulk kind of went ultra savage and took out Onslaught because that's what he does. Uh, he has official wins. This is where things get crazy. Over a group of Celestials. Now, if you've seen the Eternals, the Celestials, you know, created life on different planets and can destroy planets. They're the size of, like, you know, a country when they're fully standing. And the Hulk has wins over multiple of those in terms of power that's crazy. He's got a win, an official win over Galactus. The universal being who just eat, who needs to eat planets to survive. The Hulk has a win over Galactus. Uh, he has a win over the Beyonder. I told you about that character who could warp reality and he's a living embodiment of a sentient universe in a humanoid form. The Hulk somehow has a win over the Beyonder. Don't get how that works, but the Hulk did it. <laughs> now let's shift this to Sailor Moon for a little bit. Now I, I hate to do this. But as powerful as Sailor Moon is, she's got some glaring weaknesses. So, for example, she can be easily manipulated at times. There's an example, uh, the villain called Queen Beryl, I believe her name. She used Sailor Moon's hesitation and self-doubt against her, manipulated her into believing that her friends were her enemies and caused a whole bunch of, you know, destruction, whatever, just completely manipulated due to her insecurities. It was actually really interesting. Uh, Sailor Moon can lose her confidence, which directly affects her level of power, evidently, and her ability to fight. That's a thing both in the manga and anime versions. 
Moons. And this is seen numerous times during the Sailor Moon manga series. She can also run out of power and become defenseless. And this is seen, uh, there's a villainous named Sailor Lead Crow that made Sailor Moon just exert herself so much that she used up all of her power and became completely defenseless. And why are these weaknesses important? Because the Hulk can screw with his opponent's combination by being him as he did with Onslaught in the Beyonder. You know, he's just so powerful and angry and the whole thing. And be like, oh, I can beat him. And all of a sudden, like, wait, what's, I can't, oh my God, I can't stop him. They lose their confidence. That's something that can happen in Sailor Moon. And in the fight game, it's a well-known fact that your confidence starts to take a huge dive the moment you start getting tired and you see your opponent is not getting tired. That's a thing. And the last big difference is Sailor Moon doesn't want to kill as she believes in protecting life. That's awesome. The Hulk, on the other hand, he'll kill you if he believes he has to. She'll hold back, but the Hulk won't. All of that is my point number two. James, I love how you bring up these fights and you say the Hulk defeated this, the Hulk defeated that, and then never seem to bring up any details about that fight. See, AJ, this is where James tries to trick you. <laughs> Did he defeat Onslaught? He fought with, what is it, the Fantastic Four and others alongside of him, and Onslaught was eventually defeated. And along the way, the Hulk died before Onslaught was defeated. Keep this in mind when he says, the Hulk defeated Onslaught. No, he really didn't. <laughs> A team of Marvel's bested, and Hulk wasn't there at the finish line. You also want to talk about, oh, this win versus Galactus. This is the, what is it, uh, Devourer of All Worlds? What's the name of this Hulk character? It's the most powerful Hulk form that Bruce Banner is no longer a part of, which means he's the most savage of all the versions in this storyline where he did technically defeat Galactus, but that's a no Bruce Banner, an all-rage version is exactly what he's trying to match up against because she will defeat a version that does not use tactics, is only raging, and is animalistic. She will bring that down with a cosmic energy very, very easily. So glad this isn't interesting. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> All right, listen. We are at the turning point. By the way, the tide of battle did turn when Hulk kind of took him on. All right, now at the turning point, for <laughs> all talking before about, the end of the, the battle, point. James, he didn't beat him. You tell mistruths and half truths like you breathe. <laughs> I just wonder if Sailor Moon's ever died in battle before. Just wondering if that's ever happened uh, many times during her run. All right, we are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, AJ tells us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what AJ has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? You know, we have somebody who's, uh, you know, newer to the Patreon. We have actually got a lot of new Patreon members uh, just joined us in the last month or so. And I would like to just say thank you and welcome to the Patreon. Enjoy Thunderdome. Enjoy all the other outtake videos that we play for you. And enjoy knowing most of the time what the matchup is ahead of time. In this particular case, we're going to celebrate a patron named Cheshire. Cheshire. All right. With a name like Cheshire, we have to give a very interesting character. Let's have Cheshire go up against Doom Guy. Doom Guy. Now, Doom Guy is one of the biggest, most powerful video game characters of all time. Doom Guy, much like the Hulk, is very focused, though, on destroying demons, destroying the enemy that's in front of him with a force that, once it gets unleashed, has a very hard time being stopped. And that's where Cheshire uses his cat-like manipulative abilities, because Doom Guy is going to be coming straight at Cheshire with the BFG, with the missile launcher, with the chain gun, with everything that Doom Guy brings to the table. And Cheshire is going to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute right here. And he's going to put a little like question mark above his head, like he's an NPC who's like a quest giver or a mission giver in this particular thing. And Doom Guy is going to be intrigued. 
And Doom Guy is going to come over to him and say, is going to say, hey, uh, what's the mission that you have? And his mission is go over there for two minutes and three seconds. And once Doom Guy leaves the battlefield, once the two minute mark hits, battle is over. Cheshire has tricked him into going away by imitating an NPC. He's a wily one, that Cheshire. Wow, that is a titanic battle. That's exactly how it would go. Congratulations, Cheshire. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. AJ, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? God, it's so hard. Because... Uh, yeah, you have an unstoppable force and, uh, and uh, not an immovable object, but a, but an infinite object to some degree. So it's such a it, to me, it sounds like both of these characters have kind of the Superman complex where there's a bit of a and I love Superman as a character, uh, you know, but there are writers throughout the years that have been like, I don't know, he he rips his, the ass off his chest and throws it and it wraps, you know. Zod, you know, <laughs> and so there's my favorite power, by the way. Yeah, both these characters have a bit of that you know, like the power crawl thing where it's like, well, they've done this. So what about this? Like, obviously they have such a continuity of like, all right, well, they fought the moon. Now they got to fight the sun. And now they got, it just keeps increasing. So it's so hard to get a bead on who would win. I mean, I have to say I am kind of leaning towards Sailor Moon. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, James. But uh, the Hulk to me is such a, I mean, he's a, he's a bullet. He's just this thing that keeps going and going and going where to me, the the intellectual and sort of the the magic properties of of Sailor Moon are very intriguing to me, and feel like there's she could pull all kinds of tricks out of her hat. Where to me, the Hulk is very earth based and very grounded, and and just about and yeah, I mean, he could defeat her confidence, and that could be a huge factor in what eventually breaks her. But um, I feel like she's one of those characters that can just pull things out of nowhere. I'm curious to see what else you guys have to say because. Yeah, the Hulk is relentless, but then Sailor Moon has all these unpredictable, strange things that she can do. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I, I'll say I'm leaning towards Sailor Moon. What would you have to do to convince me? Is I want to know, I guess, his intellect. Uh, what level is the Hulk able to manipulate and affect Sailor Moon? I love it. I love it. And this is this is kind of a chess match. And uh, Ray's doing a great job with this. I made a comment about this, how Ray has really, uh, you know, he was always a good debater, but man, has he ever upped his game? So I'm never <laughs> quite sure where Ray is coming from, and I'm definitely holding back. So Ray, with all that being said, go ahead and hit us for your point number three. James, the only thing you hold back is the truth. Now, here's my point number three for Sailor Moon. Let's going to start by talking about uh, the Hulk. The Hulk gets stronger the angrier he gets, right? That is what we all understand. It's his gift, but also his weakness. Because when he gets to these levels that James was referring to, there's less and less Bruce Banner. There's less and less intellect, the stronger that he gets. So the thing to keep in mind is when he's fighting some of these immense battles, he has almost an animalistic ability to him. And that is something that uh, somebody like Sailor Moon can absolutely manipulate to make him do what she wants him to do. And her weakness, Sailor Moon's, is grief. If uh, If her friends all die, she gets weakened. If her friends are in peril, she absolutely, you know, doesn't fight to her highest levels. The problem is we're at a a neutral location where her friends aren't there. Her friends are not going to be in peril in this battle. So she, her weakness is going to be a heck of a lot less than his in this battle. But let's talk about, as I teased before, the silver crystal, because this is sort of the thing that she's there to protect, but she could also harness its power. A silver crystal is a holy gem 
of unlimited power. It is said that whoever controls it literally holds the universe's destiny in their hands. It has the immense power to blow up a star with minimal effort whatsoever. Essentially, because it has the powers of all this time and space and cosmic energy, not just from right now, but going all the way back to the beginning of time and all the way to the end of time, it has essentially more power than is possible in any possible way. It basically has the power of the Big Bang in the palm of her hand. And if that won't knock the Hulk into orbit, I don't know what will. Also, the Silver Crystal controls space and time by manipulating energy and thought. In other words, she can manipulate time, space, think of it like the Infinity Gauntlet, but, you know, on steroids. She has personally made time go backwards when she has wanted to. So if the Hulk literally does anything at all that doesn't work out for her, she can flip the script, go back in time, and make sure that that thing does not happen. In fact, she can channel her future self, herself from the future. She can talk to that version of herself and ask her how she won this situation to make it to be her future self. So in other words, she can get help from the future self herself, if this makes sense to you, and tell her this is how you beat the Hulk before. This is how you can win this battle. She's used the silver crystal to cure all the sickness in the world and revitalize the earth. The silver crystal is also very, very good at controlling emotions. It brings love and tranquility in this almost blinding white light, wherever it is. Maybe that's something that would turn the Hulk back into Bruce Banner, thus eliminating all of his Hulk powers, is ultimate tranquility of the universe. Yes, I do believe magical tranquility would turn him back into Bruce Banner pretty quickly, at which point he could be dispatched, put into a dimension, wrapped up with the tiara, you know, binding him, whatever she needs to do, because <laughs> I don't think that she would kill him. She tries really hard not to, unless the person doesn't give her any other options. Aside from turning him back to Bruce Banner for an easy win, she can also, as I said before, seal anyone in a pocket dimension or the silver crystal itself, the thing that holds the power of the entire universe. She can use that as the vessel to hold and bind somebody in a pocket dimension held within that. Hulk ain't punching himself out of that, much less in two minutes time to get back into the battle. In short, she can create alternate realities and transport anybody she wants to there. And that's exactly one of two ways that I've clearly outlined that she will be defeating the Hulk on this way. James claims that the Hulk punches or whatever his way out of dimensional pockets. He needs to go into way more detail to explain how he, one, gets back to this one so quickly, and two, does it in two minutes or less of not eliminating himself from the who would win battle. There's just no way this is going to happen. Hulk's down, and that's my point number three. I just hope I have some some way that Hulk can do that. All right, Ray, let me let me kind of illuminate a couple of things for <laughs> you. Sounds like AJ. you might. Um, first, yeah. First of all, I hate doing this because Sailor Moon. The more I read about this character, she's absolutely fantastic. Um, she's actually died six times, and two of those times were through using the Silver Crystal. So when she uses the Silver Crystal to a, a, a certain degree, it actually kills her now she is brought back to life much later whatever that's all good but it has killed her if she uses it to an excessive degree against a powerful opponent it will kill her again two of the six times she's died were through using the silver crystal and on top of that you got to remember this is the second encounter 
And the Hulk will remember this, and I'm going to explain why this is important, because he got a win before, and part of the reason why I said he got the win was the confidence that he could shake of Sailor Moon. And that confidence really comes, and you saw this also in the anime series, the manga series, whenever Sailor Moon was up against an opponent who was just, like, insanely powerful, it takes her a second to be like, uh-oh, what do I do now? And then she has to rally or what have you, but that really shakes her, and sometimes she doesn't actually rally 100% of the way, which actually just makes the character that much better. So for my point number three, I got three words for you. World Breaker Hulk. So let me kind of explain this. Now, in this version of the Hulk, the storyline is the Hulk was banished to a planet called Sakaar by the Illuminati of the planet Earth. And the Illuminati are like Reed Richards, Professor X, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, and Namor, I think a couple others. Anyway, they tricked him into going to this rocket by saying he was needed to go into space to save some space station to save the Earth. So the Hulk does it. They then send him into space. He's thinking that's, you know, it's Reed Richards. You know, you could trust Reed Richards and all that. And instead sends him into this interstellar warp drive, whatever thing. And he goes to Plant Scar and they say, we're sorry. We just can't have you. You're too risky to have on Earth. You could possibly destroy everything. This takes him off. He lands on this planet. It's called Sakaar. He turns into a gladiator for these gladiator games against Superpower. He wins gladiator games. He becomes the champion of Sakaar. He saves Sakaar, which is even bigger than the Earth, from destruction by holding it together. Literally, he holds a planet together. It's absolutely insane. And he comes back to Earth to get to exact his kind of vengeance on the Illuminati. Just one problem for the Earth. He comes back way more powerful. So how, how different is this than the regular Hulk? So Worldbreaker Hulk, first of all, he's an expert strategist. He's an expert fighter. He's a strategist, a tactician. He can come up with brilliant strategies. He's led armies before. He led a revolution in Sakaar successfully. He won the Gladiator Challenge. This is a different breed of the Hulk mentally. He's a master fighter. Again, that's thanks to the Gladiator Games and leading a war effort and winning it. Uh, he can traverse the mindscape. This is the astral plane we're talking about. We sometimes see Professor X in the astral plane where he's kind of just like this big, huge character and he attacks people on the astral or mental plane. He can actually travel there and do some crazy stuff there. And I don't think Sailor Moon has a defense on the astral plane, at least one we haven't seen. Uh, there's complete separation from the Savage Hulk and Bruce Banner from Worldbreaker Hulk. Worldbreaker Hulk is the Hulk, but it's a different personality. We've seen different iterations of personality. Worldbreaker Hulk is a different personality completely. And this is a personality that is under control. He's in full control of what he's doing. He knows how to apply the brakes. He knows how to kind of get in the mood to start destroying things, but he's in perfect control. And again, a different personality. Uh, it's really cool. In one, in one issue, Bruce Banner is like, I get it. You got to do what you got to do. I'm going to fade away and let you take complete control. Because with the Savage Hulk, Bruce Banner's still there a little bit acting as his conscious, but not the case for Worldbreaker Hulk. He can travel between dimensions. I'll mention more about that. Battlefield Mobile is not going to work for him. The Hulk went into the Dark Dimension. And while there, the Hulk took on Dormammu, who rules the Dark Dimension, and beat him there. It's crazy. His rage is so intense that it emits energy that causes massive destruction on a planetary scale, obviously, but causes rifts in space and time. And he's now absolutely immune to all forms of physical and energy attacks, making him absolutely indestructible. Oh, and you know, he also destroys the Dark Dimension. To put that in perspective, the Dark Dimension is actually a much bigger dimension, I'm nerding out here, than the Marvel 616 <laughs> universe. And part of his increased power is what allows him to go from Earth to the Dark Dimension to any other dimension he wants to. He can jump 
Dimension Dimension, that's due to his new energy output that he can do because now he's World Breaker Hulk. Now, in the battle, like I said, he's got incalculable power. In this battle, Hulk's going to use his previous experience with Sailor Moon to go World Breaker Hulk level immediately because he remembers just how powerful Sailor Moon is. How taxing is that going to be on that silver crystal? Very taxing. Remember, he's also going to remember that he used that lack of confidence against Sailor Moon the last time they fought in that Who Would Win battle to get the win. That was actually a really critical point I super emphasized to judge it was Marshall Gibbons, I think. And Marshall caught on to that and said that was a big factor in this fight. And the last time, he didn't go as World Breaker Hulk right away, but this time he is. And he's using that amp level, dimension hopping, I destroy universes, World Breaker Hulk. It's crazy. That's why Sailor Moon loses. That's why the Hulk wins. That is my point number three. The thing that James is, of course, talking about is him destroying universes. Did, he, did you notice, AJ, he didn't say how he did it? He just said he did it. He didn't say how long it took him to do it either. You know why? Because when he's put in a dimension, he's not getting out in two minutes. And at the end of the day, you could say this ultimate version of Hulk, which of course is the only version James wants to talk about. Of course, this is a version that doesn't necessarily have the strong tactics, won't know what's going on when he's hit by a blinding light and suddenly in a place he doesn't understand. Is he even going to know as a beefed out, angry version of Hulk that he's in a different dimension? Or is he just going to start attacking whatever the heck is nearby for the two minutes needed for Sailor Moon to win this battle? At the end of the day, let's we talk about Hulk. We talk about his entirety. Storm has blasted Hulk to the brain uh, with a lightning bolt, which made his heart stop, which defeated him. The character of Zeus, the god, not a bad uh, Sailor Moon equivalent, crushed the Hulk when they fought one-on-one. -on -one. Batman, as James likes to tell us, hit uh, Hulk with a smoke bomb and made him inhale it, beating him. <laughs> Havoc. Havoc hit him with a plasma blast to the brain, which killed him. He was defeated by a guy named The Wrecker, yeah, with a crowbar in one shot. And the Circus of Crime used a very powerful hose to defeat the Hulk. So let's not sit here and pretend, because, James, you talked about Sailor Moon dying a whole bunch. That was in the anime. In the manga, I was only able to find one time that she died, and she did it to herself. She did it to herself, James. I think I threw you for a loop, and I think that is good for me. Now, the thing I want to say right now is I've already laid out the point very clearly, AJ. Is the Hulk powerful? Yes. As we, we no doubt know at this point. But what I will say is when he gets transported to another dimension, he's not going to know where he is. He's not going to know what's going on because he won the first match, which means she didn't do this trick to him. And her future self is going to tell her, send him to another dimension. And then when he is there, hit him with the tranquility attack across dimensions that will turn him back to Bruce Banner and then safely walk away for two minutes. This is an easy win for Sailor Moon. As powerful as the Hulk is, he doesn't have an answer for that. AJ. AJ, you've heard three points from Ray and three points from me. It's time for you to make a decision, as difficult as it may be. Take us through your process, tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Sailor Moon and the World Breaker Hulk. Okay, well, there's almost no limit to either of their powers, and that does not make this easy in any way. I mean, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I I mean, you have Sailor Moon there where she's, she's seeing the Hulk, someone that's defeated her, in this, in the, what are you guys calling this? The, what uni, what cinematic universe is this? The uh, WWE-verse. Yeah, the who would win-verse. The who would-verse. Um, she's, so she could be shaken right off the bat, you know, because she's been defeated once before. But Hulk could be arrogant because he's like, well, I've, you know, I've defeated her. 
So you they both starting, I think, at a bit of a disadvantage because Hulk's strength is him, you know, him knowing he has to go full out, and then her strength is her confidence. So they're both starting, I feel like, at a lower playing field than than normal. So that is, I think, psychologically a very interesting place to be. I mean, if we just have Hulk throwing punches, throwing the, you know, I'm sure he's thinking just like, ah, oh, whatever, I've done this before. I think Sailor Moon is probably going to pull out a lot of real weird crap. You know, like, I think you got all the stuff Ray was saying about, like, your dimensional stuff and crystals. I think she's going to go full on crazy right off the bat. Whereas Hulk's like, eh. you know, like, I've been here. He's probably not thinking at a super high level to defeat her. Because, again, he's he's done it. He did it last time. I think this battle is going to go on for a very long time. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's going to be something that just tit for tat, just back and forth for a while. But I think, basically, you've got Hulk. He's a, a bull in a china shop. He's throwing punches. He's just... I mean, to me, the Hulk, the way I picture him is he just hits and hits and hits and hits. Like, yes, he can jump around and do all this interdimensional stuff, which I'm not, you know, super understanding of how he actually does that. But with Sailor Moon, you've got someone who's got this quiver of stuff that she could just whip out whatever the hell she wants. So it feels like almost like, you know, like a Green Lantern or something where, would you say, she can grant wishes and change people into things. So... I mean, could she literally, like, change him into a mouse? Given the structural integrity of the Hulk and how, you know, the interdimensional thing. You get Sailor Moon to take her crazy crystal stuff and just be like, all right, you're going in another dimension, buddy. I mean, you guys got a two-minute knockout time. Hulk is, let's say she does that. Whatever that magic spell is, she uses her tiara to send him to another place. I mean, Hulk's going to be confused as hell. Uh, Like, let's say this is a, you know, a, a void of some kind where she sends him to a void. There's nothing to punch. You've got a very confused Bruce Banner, you know, who's who could just be chilling there, even without any other her throwing those spells in there or whatever. I mean, maybe she's doing that, too, putting some, you know, like poppies, like pixie dust on him, calming him down. That could be it. I mean, that could be it right there. But if he's in a physical space, like you put him in a little crystal or something, he could punch his way out of that. Who knows? I'm just imagining it's like shooting bullets into each other where they're they're so she's so strong and conceivably could break out of any of this stuff. So but. She has a little bit of that, and then also she's got so many tools. Plus, I mean, wasn't you said Hulk was killed by Hawkeye? I mean, that's just that's unforgivable. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. It's just uh, boy, Hawkeye man. <laughs> that's that's rough. I got it. I see. Yeah, I don't know how well of a picture I painted, but I got I got to give it to Sailor Moon. I, I just think Thank she's you very she's much. got she's 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 too much. I, I, she's too much. I gotta tell you. I got to tell you, I 100% disagree. I love how you painted the picture. I can see your logic behind this. I completely disagree because every time that that Ray was saying, oh, Hulk lost to this guy, whatever, that wasn't the world breaker Hulk, the smart you know, it's Hulk. Not the, the you know, we, he's using the version of Hulk, but somehow not the version that ever lost. It's only this one three-second version of the Hulk, and he doesn't consider uh. the lexicon, but he wants to talk about Deaths of Sailor Moon that happened in season one of the anime but somehow that tracks, but what I'm saying doesn't. Here's the thing. I get your logic. I love Sailor Moon. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm kind of saying you're wrong. But with that being said, the, the picture you painted was fantastic. It's tough. I mean, like, well, so as I was listening, because in the beginning, you were with the check-in where you guys were like, who do you think would win? I was like, well, Sailor Moon. And then the next point you meant, I was like, well, obviously Hulk. And then I go back, you know, like, the, if you that checked works. in each time, I would have been like, well, okay, the Hulk wins. And, oh, no, Sailor Moon wins. Oh, Hulk wins. Yeah. So that was, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, here, I broke the, a lot of hearts. No, no. Here's, 
No, no apologies needed. Here's the thing. You came up with what I think is a brilliant way of looking at it. Some people agree. Some people will disagree. But no one's going to disagree with, like, your analysis and the logic and the you recognize the power levels. So my hat is off to you for, like, really doing a great job as judge, which is why I'm not really angry with this decision because I'm like, <laughs> I can see everything you're saying, even though I may disagree with it, but I can completely, completely see with it. What we want is a great battle, which is, I think, is exactly what we did, and we couldn't have done it without you. Ray Stekanis, congratulations on winning the rematch. Tell the Legion of Audience how you feel. Obviously, this is much <laughs> like the television show Quantum Leap. I have come back to write something that once went wrong, Sailor Moon should have won the first time. Sailor Moon did win the second time, and since I only deal with the now, and the past is irrelevant to me, unless we're talking about who won seasons two and four of the Who Would Win show, Sailor Moon defeats the Hulk ten times out of ten, and I think this show has proven it. Congrats to you. This has been this has been wild. <laughs> this has been wild, because their powers were just this the whole time. Just two clashing, you know, so, yeah. Regardless of all that, AJ, you were fantastic. This was not an easy battle. We did not make it easy no. for you, but you came out with a brilliant analysis. Seriously, well done. Please come back to the show. In the meantime, please tell our Legion of Audience, our fan base, where everyone can find you online. Just at AJ Locastio. Good luck spelling that. Um, it's You'll find it in the liner notes <laughs> of this show. It's on Instagram, Twitter. It's just my name, AJ. And I think on Instagram, there's an underscore Locastio. It's not, you don't have to look me up. It's fine. Just pictures of my, me kissing my no, dog. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Yes, you have okay, to fine, look, look up, up AJ Lacazzo. You have to follow him on, on all social media <laughs> platforms. You have to celebrate. Listen, AJ, let me just talk about you like you're not here. When you have such a great judge, never mind who's so talented and doesn't portrays great you know characters in everything he does, but when you have such a great judge who actually understands the characters, goes out of their way to understand them, asks the great questions, and gives us an amazing answer to a Titanic battle, our first ever rematch in the Who Would Win official universe, you gotta follow him on all the social media platforms and subscribe to every streaming service in which his content can be seen on. That's what I'm telling the Legion of Audience to do right now. So yes, follow AJ Lacasio on all social media platforms. I said it. You got to do it. All right. Bye. Race to Canis. <laughs> Race to Canis. I hope you don't mind, AJ. Ray, you won the rematch. Well done. First ever rematch. You were fantastic. And we now have an official who would win verse. Absolutely fantastic. Super excited we about do. this. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. Well, obviously, you've heard my greatness here. And you can see my greatness online. You can go to at Almighty Ray on Twitter. Obviously, I want you to check out Reclaim Detroit the Vampire the Masquerade audio drama that I produced, wrote, and am a character on. Of course, go to VampireDetroit.com or check out Reclaimed Detroit wherever you podcast. I should have a very, very long speech here, but James's 90-minute long point number three that clearly will be cut down for time prevents me from saying any more. I'll just say, great job, me. I'm out. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. Remember to join the official win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcast. On behalf of myself, Ray Cicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Remember crying when Optimus Prime died? Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode? Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower, so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.